0: At the first service, uh, I walked up here and I turned my back to Joel and Joel hugged my back. So figure we'll do it right this time. (laughs) Well, good morning. Uh, You may have noticed that there are some tables set up out in the commons today. Today is Orphan Sunday. And so the three three tables that you'll see set up out there are for New Generations Ministry that works with uh, orphans in Haiti. Uh, there's also the Life Giving Network that works with pastors and also with orphans, mainly in uh, in Cambodia and Asia, and then uh, Cambodia and India. Sorry, and then there's also Starfish Ministries back there that also works with orphans in Haiti. You know, we need to we need to address the fact that there is a massive orphan crisis in our world. Uh, there are 150. Three million orphans worldwide. 57,000 new orphans every single day. And in the U.S. alone, there are 437,000 children in foster care. And the last year that was tracked was 2016, but there were only 57,000 placements with permanent homes in that year. And yet there are 83.09 million families in the United States. We can all do something. Not everybody is called to adoption. Not everybody is called to fostering. But we can all get involved somehow to help share God's love with these people. It says in James 1.27... Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Orphans are in distress. And we can serve. We can find a way to serve, whether through giving, whether through adoption, whether through fostering, whether through support. Let's find a way to serve. So make sure you visit one of those groups as you walk out today and see in what way you can be of service to Jesus. Before we get started into the message, let's go ahead and we're going to pray real quick. Lord God, I just uh, I want to thank you that, that we can serve you, Lord. That we can, we can, we can get involved. And, and I pray for the orphans around the world. I pray for the orphans in the United States. I pray for uh, the people who have, have given their time, their effort, their energy, their homes, Lord. I pray that you would fulfill them and I pray that you would call those and speak to those who you want to move further with you through this. This morning, Jesus, as we we, uh, get to know you a little bit better, as we dive into your word, God, we just ask, Holy Spirit, that you will be at work in our hearts. Speak through the words that you give me and open the hearts of the people in this room. We love you, Jesus, and we know you're going to work. In your name we pray. Amen. So it is November, and there's a holiday coming up, and I'm not talking about Christmas. There's been a lot of stuff on Facebook lately, hasn't there, about skipping Thanksgiving. Like, everybody's all concerned about We're not going to skip Thanksgiving. Because last year, for Thanksgiving, the United States spent $1.01 billion on 45 million turkeys. And then there's all the other costs of all the other food like stuffing and potatoes and corn and green beans and cranberry sauce and salads and all that other good stuff. And I'm not saying that enjoying the dinner and enjoying your time with your family is a bad thing. Definitely isn't. I love my Thanksgiving dinner, but sometimes it seems like we get so wrapped up in the food and the festivities that we forget that it's about giving thanks. About loose, we, we, we get so wrapped up in like loosening our belt just to fit that extra piece of pumpkin pie that we forget to give thanks for the blessings that God's given us. So we have this jar in the edge room called the happiness jar. And this happiness jar has it in a whole bunch of pieces of paper. And every single one of those are things that the kids have said thank you to Jesus for throughout the year. Blessings that he's given them that often are overlooked, but they've taken the time to say thank you And we we have this phrase that I like to use in the edge room and and the kids all know it Uh, and so they'll recite it, uh to every single week when we say it and it's that god is not a vending machine We don't just get to put some money in the offering bucket and then he gives us something Every gift that we are given from God is exactly that. And it is a blessing. We need to remember to be thankful and turn to Him with joy for the blessings that He's given us. You know, because God's character is pure and blesses us daily, we're starting a new series called Thankful. And it's going to be kind of like that happiness jar in Edge. We're going to have an opportunity to, to reflect and look ...at God's love and the blessings that it brings to us. To reflect on who God is and finding joy in being thankful for who He is. In Nehemiah 12, we get to read about how Nehemiah had rebuilt the wall of Jerusalem. And it says in verse 1227... "...for the dedication of the new wall of Jerusalem, the Levites throughout the land were asked to come to Jerusalem to assist in ceremonies." They were to take part in the joyous occasion with their songs of thanksgiving and with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. Nehemiah led choirs up to the wall on both the north and the south. And and they sang and they played instruments in thanks. And it continues in verse 40. It says the two choirs that were giving thanks then proceeded to the temple of God where they took their places. So did I together with a group of leaders who were there with me. Many sacrifices were offered on that joyous day for God had given the people cause for great joy. The women and children all also participated in the celebration and the joy of the people of Jerusalem could be heard from far away. Joy and thanksgiving. They go hand in hand and are both God centered. We start every service in worship, giving thanks and praise to God for what He's done and who He is. We lift our voices, expressing our joy in Jesus. There's nothing in our lives that is not a gift from God. And the joy we have in Him is reflected in our thankfulness and our gratitude. 37 years ago, my mom and dad and I were on a road trip to Spokane, and I had no idea how awesome this day would be. We pulled up to a house, which, remember, this is 37 years ago, and I was only two years old, so my memories might be a little fuzzy, (laughs) right? But but this house had what seemed to be a really tall staircase to go into it, at least to a two-year-old. And so we, we went up to the door and we knocked and we were greeted and we were brought inside. And we, we were brought into a living room with, with a couch and this big window behind it. And it was a sunny day and there was light shining in from the inside and it was nice and warm. The, the teenage daughter who lived in the home went to go retrieve two other kids to bring to meet us. First came Nikki tearing down the stairs into the arms of my mom, giving her a huge hug. One so tight that my mom says she will never forget it. Now, Nikki was pretty cute. She was, she had a blonde bob haircut. She had chubby little cheeks. She had a chubby little three-year-old body, kind of like a real-life cabbage patch jaw. She was holding this little strip of fur fabric. That she carried like a stuffed animal Then came Brian In his orange and blue t-shirt That was made to look like a football jersey And I think it probably was a Denver Broncos jersey But we aren't going hold to hold that against him And his eyes were squinting so tight From the huge smile that he had That you could barely even see him That's a day that I will never forget And it's etched into my mom's mind as a day of joy because this is the day that Brian and Nikki became my brother and sister, my parents' children. This is the day that they were adopted into our family. And this story is so familiar to so many around this country kids who get taken from their family or are given. And then they go through foster home after foster home after foster home praying that the next one will be their forever home. One where they're received in as truly part of the family and given a new name. They're given a new identity found in the new parents who have chosen them and have given them a new life. Does this sound familiar? It should I hope it does, because each one of us shares in an adoption. And that's what we want to start out by being thankful for today. We are adopted. That's point number one in your notes. In Ephesians, we read about this adoption and the joy that it brought God. Ephesians 1, 3 through 6 says... This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. I want you to think about this for a minute. The day that we picked up Brian and Nikki, it was the first time we'd ever met them. There was no time period for fostering to see if it was a good fit. We didn't turn around if they seemed kind of crazy. My parents wanted to adopt them. And they did it. But God says, even before he made the world, this is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. He made his decision millennia ago. And he already had great pleasure in us. Galatians 4, 4 through 7 says, but when the right time came, God sent his son born of a woman subject to the law. But God sent him to buy freedom for us who were still slaves to the law so that he could adopt us. As his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Prompting us to call out, Abba, Father, Daddy. Now, you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. God's own child. With the spirit of the son living in us. That is something to be thankful for. I was doing a devotion recently. And the author Dave Hickman. Shared that he had struggled for years. To be close to Jesus. He read his bible. He went to church. Every Sunday. He worshipped his heart out. And he had Quiet time in prayer every day and he, and he, and he joined in Bible studies. But through all of it, he couldn't feel the closeness that he wanted to Jesus. But all that changed the day that his son was born. See, his wife had been in labor for 12 hours and it was time to push. And the doctor turned to him and said, Dave, you want to watch? And Dave says, I thought about it for a lot, or I thought about it a lot, right? And I decided some things were better left to mystery. (laughs) And then he said, yeah, sure. So he watched. And as his son was born, and he held him for the first time, he did something that others might have thought was odd. But it wasn't for him. He picked up his son, and he put his nose in his son's mouth. And he inhaled his son's breath. And then he exhaled his own back into his son. See, he wanted part of him to be in his son. And part of his son to be in him. And in that moment, he heard God say,
1: That's it, Dave.
0: You finally get it. I don't just want to be close with you. I want to be one with you. God wants oneness with us. He wants to be in us and us in him. Point number two is that our adoption is in Jesus. Being adopted in human terms means that we share this closeness with a new family. We have a new name, a new home, a new family that we get to call our own. However, being adopted spiritually into God's family means so much more. We have a oneness with God. The blood of Christ has given us new life that's in him. We've been made new by his blood. He is in us and we are in him. Just like David and his son shared that breath of life. Jesus has shared his breath of life with us that he gave in the first day with Adam and he's brought us back to him again. Do you know what the cost of a domestic adoption costs today? The adoptedfamilies.com lists the median cost between $30,000 and $45,000. 37 years ago, my parents didn't have to pay quite that much. My mom and dad had to pay some money. They had to do the whole lawyer and court thing, file some paperwork, and then pick up Brian and Nikki from across the state. But it wasn't just about money either. I mean, there's imp- these impacts affect the entire family. There's a change in dynamics and emotional changes. They're all there, and they're all worth it. And while that is an expensive cost, Our adoption into God's family cost a lot more. In fact, it cost everything. In order for us to be adopted into God's family, the cost of our sin had to be paid. And Romans 6.23 says that that cost is death. But since we are all sinful people, we can't pay the price by our own death. Only God could in his perfection and his holiness. So he sent his only son, born and raised by normal people in a normal life. He lived his life perfect and ministered in love. He drew people to himself. But just as God's plan unfolded, Jesus was rejected by the people he came to love. He was arrested and he was given an illegal trial. His execution was called for by the ones he loved and he was sentenced to crucifixion. He was whipped and he was beaten so badly that you couldn't even tell that he was a man. He had a crown of thorns mockingly put on his head. And then they took turns beating him over the head with sticks, driving those thorns into his scalp, putting a cross on his torn back where likely meat and bone were exposed. They had him carry it for roughly a quarter mile to the place where they would drop it into its base and hang him with his hands and his feet Nailed through to the cross. When they nailed him, they made sure his legs and his arms were bent. So that as he hung, his arms would stretch out and the weight would go on the nails through his hands. And he would start suffocating under his own weight. But then, as he the re- only way to relieve that pain was to push up with his feet so that all he could feel was the pain going through that nail. And he did this for hours, writhing in pain back and forth on his whipped back. And then he gave up his spirit, and he died. I have a daughter and three boys, and I've thought about this a lot. I've thought about the brutal death that Jesus went through and that it was the father's plan the whole time. The willingness to give up his only son. The thought of seeing one of my sons being beaten and whipped and hung from a cross naked for everybody to mock. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could do that for you. But God did. He did it for every single one of us. God gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. He gave his one and only son so that he could pay the price for our adoption. He gave his one and only son so that he could have you and me as his kids. But that wasn't the end of the story. Because through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus rose back to life. He provided our salvation and our adoption by conquering death for us and raising up to life again. And now, when we are adopted, we are joined with Jesus in his death and his life. And the Spirit of Jesus is living in us, joined together with our spirit as his child, as God's child, as his heir. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, But anyone joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. We are joined to Jesus as one spirit. His blood is our blood. Our life is his life. And he is overjoyed to share it with us. Hebrews 12.2 says, We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. That joy was you and me. That joy was us being his family. When he rose from the dead, our adoption decree was sealed for us to be joined with him as children of God. We can be thankful not only that we've been adopted but that we've been made one with God through the Spirit of Jesus living in us. When my parents adopted my brother and sister, they were told that there would be about a one-year honeymoon period. And that after that year, they would start to rebel, they would start to test boundaries, and there would be behavior issues. For my brother... That year was pretty much non-existent Remember as a five-year-old When he was adopted His first day of school he got on the bus And he got in trouble for kicking a kid And that happened quite often as, as he had so much hurt and pain Inside of him that he didn't know how To get rid of it For my sister On the other hand One year and one day Is when it started Now Keep in mind, this is a four-year-old's rational mind. So one day, we have another older brother and sister, Jeannie and Wayne, and and Nikki got mad at Jeannie. And so it made complete and total sense to go into the bathroom, grab a bottle of baby powder, and spray it all over her room, all over her bed, all over her clothes, all over her carpet, over everything. Then, again, as a four-year-old... She thought it was a good idea as my mom had been raising money for a charity to steal the money that my mom had raised and give it to church's offering. Then another day she decided that she wanted to go to our neighbor's house, but our neighbor wasn't home. So she broke into our neighbor's house to go watch cartoons and they found her sitting in front of the TV staring at it, watching cartoons, completely and happily overjoyed. Then one day, my parents decided to take us on a trip into the mountains. And my mom pointed out to Brian and Nikki, she said, this is the road that we took when we picked you up from your foster parents. And they got terrified. They were afraid that they were getting returned that they weren't good enough and they were being brought back. They were afraid that they were being relinquished. And we think that way sometimes. That's how we feel. We, we keep fighting with temptation and giving in or, or this might be your first time back at church in two months or, or you have a far, hard time focusing when you read the Bible or even though you believe you have doubts and those thoughts creep in. I'm not good enough. Why would God even want me? He's going to realize that my adoption was a mistake and relinquish me. But you need to hear something today. Our adoption is secure. Our adoption... Say that. Our adoption is secure. Our adoption is secure. My favorite verse in all the Bible will never get old. Romans 5.8 But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. While we were still sinners. God showed His great love for us. By sending Christ to die while we were still sinners. God knew us. He knew everything about us. He knew who we were and who we would be. He had full knowledge of the sins that we would commit. Full knowledge of every moment that we might reject or deny Him. Full knowledge of the things that we would do to hurt or ignore him. Full knowledge of the lack of love we might show him. And he wanted to adopt us anyway. To make us his own in Jesus. Ephesians one four says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. Before he made the world. My parents weren't going to give up Brian and Nikki. They'd made a commitment to love them no matter what. To fight through the tough stuff. To give them a new life and a new family. Mike and Chris Leland are two people who are very familiar with orphans and adoption. Let's take a moment to hear their story about the heart of
2: adoption.
1: I'm Mike Leland
2: and I'm Chris Leland and we'd like to share a little bit about um, our heart for adoption today. We started about 30 years ago after we had had five biological children. We decided that we felt called by God to have a child again and to adopt from Haiti. The first thing we did was to actually make a verbal commitment with some of our fellow elders and coming home from that evening, a new song, which will date me. Um, came on by Michael W. Smith, and it was called The Throne. And some of the words are, He puts the blazing colors in the sky for those who trust in the great I Am. And at the same time that new song came on, we realized we could see the aurora borealis. And it felt like it was a stake in the ground or a sign that God had said that he would help us to honor that commitment. And so we adopted our first, which was Jesse. And altogether, together, we have 11 children, five bio and six adopted. Fast forward 18 years, um, we were sitting around the table one day. We were talking about what we were going to do with retirement. We are going to, you know, live by the ocean, the golf course. And you know, like God said, retirement's not in the Bible. And so at that point, we decided we would again adopt children. And so we went for two more children from Haiti. And near the end of this process, um, we were told that the mother gave birth to a third child we ended up adopting Lizzie also. But in the process, Barb, who ran the orphanage, had a crisis and she said, Chris, will you come down and watch the orphanage for three weeks? I'm like, why me, of all people? You know, why are you asking me? And she says, well, I think God's telling me to ask you. So I flew down for three weeks and Mike came down in the middle for one week.
1: We ended up partnering with a local Haitian pastor. And from the very beginning, our mission was to come alongside the people of Haiti to help them, teach them, train them to minister to their own people. We uh, joined with him and started an orphanage of from 20 kids in a mud hut. Uh, we built a medical clinic. We then built a new facility called the, Ch- the um, Good Shepherd Children's Village a village style of raising children more like family style. In 2010, we felt called to downsize here and move our family to Haiti. We lived in the orphanage for two years, um, and we then acquired two more children from our own orphanage, uh, bringing us up to 11 total. When someone adopts a child, It is, to me, the same as laying down your life for someone. Because an adoptive child is not something that happens uh, in a season or in a year or when it's cute. You have acquired that child for the rest of your life. And it is like the relationship that the Father has with us. He has committed to raising us for our whole life. He will never leave us or forsake us. And that's what we are doing when we adopt children. We are committing to be there with them and for them for their entire life.
2: I'm just really encouraged and thankful that, that North County Christ the King has gathered around the adoptive people in our community and they're um, advocating for them. They are supporting them. And so we just really thank you, North County Christ the King, for for being part of that, for supporting us and and helping us walk the walk.
0: I have gotten the pleasure of getting to know the Leland kids in EDGE and through them getting to know Mike and Chris. And i got to tell you that All of their kids are their kids. There is no different. They might as well be born by blood. Because they love those kids. They love them as their own. And that's exactly how it is with God. And if a human, fallible parent can love and keep a commitment to a child... To make them theirs. How much greater can we trust our heavenly father? On the day we picked up Brian and Nikki. They were told here are your new parents. There was no option, no choice. The adoption was paid for. Papers were filed and they became batons. It's really kind of a scary situation for some kids, isn't it? It doesn't matter if you don't like them. This is your new family. And it can be scary afterwards too because some children may not accept the gift of their adoption. And they may reject their new parents rebelling and considering themselves to be outsiders. But God doesn't force our adoption on us. We all have the option of continuing to rebel and turning away from his gift But we also have the adoption to, or the option to accept this adoption, to surrender to his lordship as our heavenly father and repent and join his family. Second Peter three, nine says the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. He wants everyone to have a chance to receive His love. To be adopted into His family. And that is real love, isn't it? Because if God was to force us to love Him, it's no longer love. It's obligation. It's our opportunity to accept His gift of adoption or continue on our path Of eternal separation from Him. The joy that we have in thankfulness has a root. And that is from God. Our Father who has given us that secure adoption in Jesus Christ. And as we started out today, thankfulness and joy go hand in hand. Realizing that joy that we have in Christ. I don't know how we can't be thankful to our Father. We have that opportunity today, though. And I understand that there's people here who have been given up for adoption and might be feeling the effects of rejection or abandonment. There are people here who have been hurt by parents, people who struggle to understand what a father's love might be because they've been rejected by their own. There's also people here Who have had involved parents their entire life but still don't know God's love. God wants you. He wants to show you his real love. He wants you to be his child. His love doesn't have a limit. It doesn't have an expiration date. And it doesn't have a chance at rejection. If you want to be adopted. God is offering to adopt you today. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you gave your life for us. Father, I thank you that that you gave your son to die for us, to pay the price for our sins. We thank you that We couldn't do it on our own, but you knew that you could. So today, we want to be adopted into your family. We want to say, the old is gone and the new has come. I repent of my sins and I turn to you. I want to receive your love I want to receive all that you have for me. I want to receive you, Holy Spirit. Come live inside of me. I believe, Jesus, that you died. I believe that you took my sins. And I believe that you rose from the dead. And you severed the penalty of death from me. So today, I accept my adoption. Today, I say... God, I want to be part of your family. My life is no longer mine. It's yours. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you've adopted me.